You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. I came into today's recording thinking that we were going to do a happy show talking about how fantastic the Charlotte Hornets City Edition uniforms look. Based on what they showed us, officially, they released their City Edition uniforms a little bit earlier than they anticipated, probably because of a leak, but who knows? Either way, they look fantastic. They're getting national praise. They're getting local praise. And I thought that was going to lead the show today, and we might do a couple more mock drafts. We might look at some of the prospects once again, who fits the Hornets well after we are now just less than a week away from the NBA draft. And now we have to take a flamethrower to the Charlotte Hornets because of what they are reportedly interested in. Nada, are you ready for like, are are you ready to just completely go off here in a second? Um, You know how Chappelle show had that little tag in the middle of coming back from their breaks, bread and not bring your kids. I, 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 um, (laughs) uh, under normal circumstances, I would not be this irate. Um, But if you have parents with young children, um, you might want to pause it and tell them to go to the other room. But again, put on YouTube or something like that. I'm just going to warn you now. Consider it a warning. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. The NBA draft is just days away. And the Locked On NBA Podcast Network is going through a mock draft drafting every first round pick. We had the third overall selection. As long as that doesn't get traded for something really stupid, then that will hold up and we'll see exactly who the Hornets will be selecting three overall. You can listen to the Lockdown NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, the athletics, John Hollinger and sports illustrated Jeremy Wu. So check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA today wherever you get your podcast. Okay, now that that's out of the way. Nada, we're getting some rumors, right? We're Mm -hmm. getting some more reports from people that are pretty damn credible in the NBA world that the Charlotte Hornets have become a potential suitor for Russell Westbrook. It all starts yesterday, the athletic story that the Rockets are basically a dumpster fire within the walls over there with their entire organization. James Harden contemplated kind of wanting out, although he has now, it's been reported, saying that, yep, he's focused on the Houston Rockets season and he's ready to go full steam ahead with the team. Russell Westbrook reportedly wants out, saying that there's not enough team accountability. It does certainly look like that there wasn't the greatest relationship between Harden and Russell Westbrook, maybe a couple of verbal jarring matches between the two because of the way that they didn't like, you know, playing together here and there. PJ Tucker is angry about his contract situation. There's a few others, right? Like that, that's what the story that we saw yesterday came from, from Houston, what's going on with the Rockets franchise. But the big thing there is that Russell Westbrook wants out. And now Shams Sharania put out a video um, and even tweeted about it even before that, saying that the Charlotte Hornets have become a potential suitor for Russell Westbrook. Keith Smith also writes this. He said this four hours ago. This is the original tweet that Keith Smith had. Hornets don't seem overly interested in Russell Westbrook per sources. Rockets don't have the draft picks slash young talent to entice Charlotte to take on Westbrook's remaining contract of three years, $132.6 million. 
Charlotte doesn't want long-term money as they are a year away from a clean cap sheet. That was four hours ago. Mm -hmm. Keith Smith has since updated that. He tweeted an hour ago, I'm told there is a bit of a divide in Charlotte on Russell Westbrook. Some see him with a few other additions as enough to get the Hornets into playoff contention again in the East. Others see the best path forward to keep a clean cap sheet after this season, AKA the latter being the smart people within the organization. If they trade for Russell Westbrook and give up any kind of asset, and basically if they trade for Russell Westbrook, it will be the worst move the Charlotte Hornets have made in the Mitch Kupchak regime. And I got to tell you, I say that that distinctly by saying in the Mitch Kupchak regime, because I'm not saying that Mitch Kupchak has done. If there is a divide, everything that Mitch Kupchak has told us, if you believe it and you don't have to, but if you believe Mitch Kupchak and everything that he's told us, taking over this franchise, even just the past off season, when discussing, are they going to look at making the playoffs next season? Are they going to be a huge player in free agency? He has said, no, we're not looking to go get a Brandon Ingram type player to go propel us into barely a playoff spot to get bounced in the eighth. And now here we hear a divide where it smells like Michael and I've defended him. You've defended him. I think people like to pour on too much how awful Michael Jordan is because he's got his hands in every single move that they make. And I just thought that was far-fetched. I'm not saying Michael was ever a great owner. I just, I just thought it was too far-fetched. This smells like Michael Jordan. If this is true, if the reporting is accurate, that the Hornets are someone will never be able to defend him again, I would be irate if the Hornets threw this plan out the window and decided to go after a playoff spot because why did you not just keep Kimball Walker? Was it strictly to avoid the luxury tax? I mean, is that all you care about was avoiding the luxury tax and not, and then kind of doing the keys and jangling the t keys in front of you, baby Hornets fans and saying, Oh, look over here. Yeah. This is where we're trying to tell you that we're going to rebuild and retool to make the playoffs. When in reality, it was just to avoid the luxury tax. I would be irate if they made any kind of move, giving up assets to go get Russell Westbrook to chase the eighth seed. Walker, I, I am tired of this franchise embarrassing me for lightly being associated with this team. I am tired of this franchise embar publicly embarrassing fans and people that pay money because that's what this is. This is a giant, I, I want to win at any cost. And now that I've done such self-aggrandizing things, like we're going to put out the last dance and I want to win. I want to prove how smart I am. Yet you're doing the complete opposite. None of this makes sense. I am tired of getting embarrassed in public by this franchise. I cannot emphasize this enough because none of any, like none of what we are going through, none of what you have just laid out makes sense in terms of the plan that everybody was cool with. Nobody, nobody complained. Hey, they're not winning enough. Nobody complained. The, oh, this, that, and no one had a problem. And yet here you are trying to create a problem. I, I don't, I just want to understand the plan because if the plan is make the playoffs, then you should have kept Kemba and basically just paid him his 180. You, you should, you should have kept Kimba Walker, the franchise's best player without a doubt. And with everyone, look, if there are any Russell Westbrook defenders out there that, that want Russell Westbrook to be a part of this team, 
because of the prowess that he's had in the NBA. Like, I understand that it's exciting. Like, I, I like Russell Westbrook. It's fun to watch him go crazy, man. Like, it, it's funny to, it, it's cool. Like, I like it. I, I think it's fun to watch Russell Westbrook go, you know, balls to the wall constantly and, you know, be one of the better scorers and be a triple double threat. He's, he turns 32 years old today with three years. At the age of 34, he will go in to his 34th birthday, making $46 million a year. He has more guaranteed money, just a million more, but more guaranteed money left on his contract than James Harden does. When we saw Russell Westbrook with the Oklahoma City Thunder, without Kevin Durant, they were getting bounced early in the playoffs. When they got Paul George and had some decent other pieces around him, they got bounced early in the playoffs by the Portland Trailblazers. When you had a team that you would hope to get if you're the Hornets by trading for Russell Westbrook, because the Thunder at that point had some pieces that actually made you look, you were going to go into the playoff series and then maybe you could get out of the first round, but they could not with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And that's what you want to go get by possibly trading for up for, for asset or by giving up assets in order to go get them. And by the way, the things that would make this okay would be to actually have some assets from the Rockets included in a deal. If you were saying, all right, look, even if it means getting off of an expiring Nick Batum contract and getting rid of Terry Rozier to match up the money, and, and even if we're taking on a contract that is loaded with one more year left than what Terry Rozier has on his deal, which is the longer of the two that you would be sending, if, if you give us some first-round picks for, with that, then cool. But the Rockets don't have that many. And if they're trading Russell Westbrook, then you would think they'd want to get some assets in return because you got to think that James Harden might be soon to follow. Either way, when you look at what the Rockets have to their name right now, because Daryl Morey was a mercenary that sold all of the assets in order to get stars, what Daryl Morey did was trade everything to the point where they only have their 2022nd and 2023rd first round pick. They don't even have the 2021 first round pick with the star-studded class next season. I mean, nada. Yeah. It, this is yeah. solely to get to the playoffs this year and next year, kind of with worse first round picks that you would have in the next couple of seasons. I it's directionless. It's not, awful. It's, it's not even directionless. It's like it, this screams business is bad. What can we do? This is like, you know how, you know what this is like, honestly, Walker, this is like when every f famous show comes up and adds like the, the the troubled nephew or a baby later. And you know what ends up happening to those shows, Walker? They get canceled. They don't last long. They I'm about to cancel the Hornets. You, people, yeah, I, I thought cancel culture wasn't real. I'm going to cancel the Hornets if they do it. Now, after all that rant, <laughs> who knows, right? Like, yeah. like, we're not reporting it. Who knows if the Hornets will do this and if they're seriously contemplating it. We've heard it from a couple of different reporters that they are interested in some way, whether there's a divide in the organization or where they are actually just potential suitors, just the vague way that Shams Sharania put it out there on his video with Stadium. Who knows? But if this is true, then it, it, it negates every good thing about the plan every good feeling, every sense of belief that I had in this organization, actually turning over a new leaf and actually making the right decisions that they had not done ever since 
the Charlotte Hornets really came back and, and became the Bobcats slash Hornets once again. We'll continue this conversation for sure in the second segment. But first, I want to try to switch over to a happier topic, and that's Built Go, the kind of product that Built Bar is also made by. Built Go is the best physical workout gel out there on the market because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. It also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So you don't even, not, not only do you feel better, but you also look better. The stuff literally makes you sexier. And if that's not good enough, then I don't know what else is going to be good enough for you to go check out Built Go. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Let's go to the second segment. I'm still not done venting. Not I can't imagine you're done venting either. Nope. We've got nope. some more stuff to talk about on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is oh, his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So when we look at this, continuing to look at the Russell Westbrook trade, I look at that contract. It's awful. We kind of got all of our thoughts out there. I, I go back to like the Kimball Walker situation, Nada, when it seemed that the Hornets didn't, they offered him less than $170 million to stay with the Charlotte Hornets franchise. And mm -hmm. we talked about it then. Kemba felt that it was somewhat of a slap in the face because he, he didn't even, it didn't even seem that Kimba Walker was asking for the full 220 that the Charlotte Hornets could allocate to him in the sense of a super max contract. He just didn't think it was going to be less than 170. When you look at what all of the other teams could have offered him to the full max, it was $140 million to go get Kimba Walker. And the Hornets were only willing to give him, you think about it, about $5 million more a year, something, something to the tune of that. Kimba, mm -hmm. if he would have agreed to, even if there was some kind of compromise, right? Let, let, let's say the Hornets were willing to go to 180. Yeah. And you're talking about Kimball Walker making something like what, like $35 million, $35 million a year, basically. something like that. Well, you know, Russell is making more than that now, and it's on an ascending contract. So he's going to be making $46 million at the age of 34. Kimball Walker is younger than what Russell Westbrook is. So you have, I think he is at Kimball Walker age. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. So he's 30 years old right now. Kimball Walker is, I was mm -hmm. making sure, but yeah, so he's 30 years old. So he's younger and it's someone that's probably going to age better because Russell Westbrook's career high and three point shooting percentage is 34. And that happened four years ago. He shot 26% from three last season. Now he did shoot 47%, which I believe is the highest he's ever shot in his career. But then you increase the volume because he's going to be a ball dominant guy with the Hornets. And that percentage is going to go down. It's not going to stay at that 47%. And Russell Westbrook in the reporting about what went wrong with the Rockets, Westbrook wants to go back to his role that he had with the Thunder when Durant was gone. Westbrook wants to be big dog again, where he was second fiddle to James Harden. He wants to be the big dog, which he absolutely would. And then and not, I don't even know if the Hornets would make the eighth seed. Like that's no, the thing not, too. That's, that's the thing. That's the crazy part to this. Like this feels like someone wants the best of both worlds. Let's blow up the cap and still be mediocre. It's like the salad days of the mid 2000s, 2010s again, Walker. That's what we would be doing. The salad <laughs> days, the days where we could traffic in hope and yet not see a payoff. And yet people, someone in that off front office, according to Keith Smith, 
feels like this is the best best path to go, like it's not going to piss off the remainder of the fan base. I don't think people are hearing me. And again, I know that people in the building listen to this podcast. So I want to make this very clear. Your fan base is getting tired of being embarrassed in public. Do not do this because it will end up backfiring in a way I don't think people seem to understand. And and look, no, I'm with you man, because here's the thing too. I, I hate to be the all or nothing type of guy. Like I think that tanking has its place. I was one that did not think it was smart to bring back Kimba Walker on a $180 million deal. I wanted to move on. I wanted to rebuild. I wanted to retool. Whatever word you want to use to avoid a semantics battle, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to lean that direction. But it also doesn't mean that I think that there's not any value in making the playoffs. I just want to make the playoffs in a different way where you actually have hope for the future rather than just thinking, well, this is a Hornets team that's going to stay stagnant. And anytime we make, hell, maybe we make the six seed. Maybe you actually are firmly in the playoffs and you still probably get bounced by one of the better top three teams in the Eastern Conference. Is that what you want? If, if, if your true ceiling is to get to all the way to the top of the six, which, by the way, I just said, I don't even know if they're guaranteed a playoff spot. They're let's not. just say that they reach their playoff ceiling and they get to the six seed and then you get bounced in the first round you're still talking about a first round pick outside of the lottery. Like it's not that I think it's championship or bust. There's value in making the playoffs for some, for some teams. Like I can see the Phoenix suns. If they want to go after Chris Paul, maybe tutors, Devin Booker, you've got a good backcourt. It can give that young core where they already have got some talent there, some winning experience. And they finally get to the playoffs and they know what it's like, like, cool. Like, that's okay for me. Even if it's an awful contract with Chris Paul, it, it one, it proved to not be as awful as maybe some people thought it would be last year. That's not going to happen with Russell. So don't even come at me with that. Anybody that's listening, <laughs> he's not, he's not the kind of player that Chris Paul is, but it, like, if it's a team like Phoenix or a team that's almost there, but has the young talent to think, Oh man, not only they made the playoffs this year and there's some real hope for them for the future. It, that's not what it would be with the Hornets. It, 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 they would it's be not. sacrificing very good draft positioning and they would be sacrificing future assets. And that, that's one thing I want to go back to real quickly. Not, I think I kind of glossed over the Keith Smith tweet. I want to point out something very specifically. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. He says, I'm told there's a bit of divide in Charlotte on Russell Westbrook. Some see him with a few other additions as okay. enough to get the Hornets into playoff contention again in the East to get in playoff contention. So what that means is that the only way that you would make sense of this is to get some assets from the Rockets in return, but that they don't care. I mean, whoever, whoever this, the side that is fighting for Russell Westbrook, it means that they don't care. They want Russell Westbrook to help them go reach the playoffs this season. And <laughs> none of it makes if, sense. If that's your goal, then, then we're screwed the next few years. If that's the goal, like, again, I look, I'm angry because this thing, this thing continues to keep on picking up steam. Like, I, I think there's gotta be some fire where this smoke is coming from. If it's all smoke screens and it's all some big farce, then okay. Hilarious. You know, I'll back down and I'll make fun of myself for getting this serious about this kind of topic. But it, it seems like there's some fire where the smoke is not. And if there's a side that is fighting for this, then you can't feel good about the future like you once did about this organization. Exactly. And this is the thing. And, and it's like, I, th I think I told you this before we, before we started recording, but if this is the case and this is going to happen on Mitch's watch and Mitch is clear has clearly on one side of the youth development 
we're going to redo all of this. And then someone else has to come, someone else, whether whoever it may be on the other ownership side, wants to do this and add a Russell Westbrook. Mitch has got to quit. Like there's no if, ands, or buts. You quit because this is exactly what happened to you with Jim Buss. You have to quit. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, like there's no way. There's it no- can't be coming from cut. Like, are, are we, did we just get duped into cup check saying all the right things? And then he sees this, you know, older star and just decides, oh, you know what? Screw it. Let's go. Like, I, I just, I can't picture this coming from Mitch Kupchak. I can't picture this coming from James Borrego where they, they had just preached player development, continuing to go hard in the draft cup check with, you know, cup check had been adding on second round picks where maybe he would make some moves. You know, he even made a move when they drafted Shea Gilgis Alexander, which is, it's probably the worst move that they've done in the cup check era to this point. And, and it's not, even, it's not crippling, you know I mean? Like miles bridges, he, he could be a, starter in the rotation for a playoff team that has, you know, some, some deep run aspirations. So it's not a crippling move, but even then he saw an opportunity to add another pick, move back and get a miles bridges. And then, you know, th- he saw Devonte Graham enough. He liked him. He's like, okay, that guy's got a little bit more upside. So this is where I'll include a second round pick just to move up a little bit further. But he, he does the things that seem, it, it seems that the Hornets, he's done the right things as far as draft capital and coveting second round picks as, you know, potential poker pieces to move on for potential chips to move uh, and, and get a bigger pot. Like I, I just can't be cup check. I refuse to believe it. And maybe it's me putting too much faith in it, but I, I just can't Nada. No, I can't. I I'm fairly certain. We all know the two people that are involved on that side of the building that want this. It's not, and it doesn't involve Mitch. And I feel confident in saying that. And I want to involve Borrego too, right? It, I don't think it does. Yeah. Because it goes against everything. It legitimately goes against everything that we were told over the last 18 months. It goes right, against so with, everything. Yeah, I'm with you. And real quick, I want to bring this up to you as well. I, I've talked a lot. I'm angry and I apologize. So like with this, also with this, I remember when Mitch Kupchak was hired and people were angry because of Mitch Kupchak's track record with the Lakers, the awful contracts he gave out and he did. You know, I mean, it was Mozgov's contract. It was Dang's, you know, but tons of GMs were drunk as hell with that calorie. I said calorie spike. I'm so used to saying that on the podcast. Oh, no, this is absolutely a calorie spike situation. (laughs) But anyways, the salary cap rise. Um, You know, everybody saw it with that spike and... Okay, like people hated it. And then they said, oh, well, this is just, you know, a Tar Heel being a part of the Blue Mafia again, just giving Buzz Peterson a job, giving Mitch Kupchak a job, you know, think, you know, wanting to draft Sean May and Raymond Felton, even though it's been more Kentucky Blue than Carolina Blue Mafia. You know, people thought about that. And I always went on the, the other way, like, okay. Mitch Kupchak does have some track record of drafting well in the second round, but also even if that's true, even if Michael Jordan wanted to give Mitch Kupchak a job because they're friends and because they have the Carolina blue mafia tie, wouldn't you want someone that Michael Jordan trust and is more of a friend of to possibly convince Michael? Like if Michael just hires somebody that, you know, is, is somebody on the outside of a circle then he's not as apt to trusting that guy on whatever his decision is. But if he hires Mitch Kupchak like he did, then you're thinking Kupchak is one of the few guys that's in his circle that can actually reach Michael and say, hey, Michael, this is dumb. Like, don't do this. This is what I want to do. And we've heard from all the different kind of reports that we've had out there that he has more power in that organization than anybody has. I I just... 
like I, I I'm hoping that Mitch Kupchak is, is, is saying to whoever right now, if it's not indeed Mitch, I, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that Kupchak and whoever, whoever the, the, the good side of the divide is that they are screaming and they won't give up. No, I will not do this. You can't make me do this. And if you do, I quit. Like, I hope they're that adamant about it. Yeah, no, they have to quit because again, here's the thing at like going back to that Keith Sweat, Smith uh, tweet. Oh, there you go. Is there a Keith Sweat tweet too? Because I'd no, love to no, read no, that. No, on no, the no. I was hoping there was, but again, you know who again, wants this trade? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. that's who wants this trade. Nobody. But again, going back to that Keith Smith uh, Smith tweet, we're talking about giving up more assets to go get more guys. So that means there are future keyword future assets going to be given up to try to get to the eight spot, which means that this is a pulling the plug on the entire operation. So that's enough to scare me into thinking either business has to be bad or someone's getting impatient again. And yeah. if it's the latter, then again, there's going to be not a lot of explaining to do, especially to the Kemba Walker family. specifically. Um, I thought we were going to have a fun podcast today, Nada. I really did. Like up until really about two hours ago, I thought this was going to be awesome because we mm-hmm. were going to talk about the city edition uniforms. We'll get to that next segment. It's a very roller coaster day here for us. We're not doing well. We need your help. But we are going to talk about the unis that were released by the Charlotte Hornets uh, yesterday. That's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, you no, like I know. That yeah, no, I definitely, Cody sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening or were, was I just, that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Nada, on to the good topic. This yeah. is what we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so excited to talk about this. And speaking of roller coaster. It, with the city edition uniforms, there was a leak at the beginning of all of this that did not look good. No, not <laughs> at all. It looked bad. And and then the, the official word came out. They, you know, spritzed up the graphics and the background a little bit. They allowed us to see it on Devontae Graham and Miles Bridges. And then everybody ran wild with it and, it. and it looks a lot better. So here's the thing, right? What we see yesterday, and I, I ended the show yesterday uh, mentioning this news. Yes, what exactly. we heard from the Charlotte Hornets was that they were going to unveil the city edition uniforms at 10 a.m. to the media on Friday mm-hmm. and that there was an embargo on any story, any video, any picture of all of that. And then they would officially release it to the public as of noon on Friday or maybe 1230. And then not a Hornets Twitter kind of gets a little restless. There is this account, which, you know, I'd never really seen before. There's this account that releases the leaked photo of just basically the jersey as if you were shopping online for it, right? Like that's kind of basically the way that the jersey was presented. And it didn't seem like there was a ton of accents on the the gold trim on the Buzz City wording. I didn't see, I, like it just did not seem all that appealing. And everybody's kind of paying attention to it. And Hornets Twitter was like, oh man, this doesn't look good. Maybe a couple of people here and there thought it looked okay, but... A lot of people did not like the way it looked. Then we get an email from the Charlotte Hornets. I guess media does. And they say, hey, (laughs) change of plans. We're actually going to reveal this city edition uniform today. 
it, it's about to be it's about to be legit from us. We're going to do it today. We're going to move it up two days. And look, it, they didn't say it was because of the leak. That's my own speculation. I am speculating all on that. No, so no, no. It wasn't, it's not. It's not speculation. Again, I will recklessly speculate as well because uh-huh. that tweet came out at three fifteen by five o'clock. Those fifteen <laughs> out. So, so uh, I, I think <laughs> the decision right, was made. Right, right. Like I, I think it had something to do with it. But anyways, Nada, here we are. We've got the city edition uniforms, and they're fire. I mean, those things yeah. look fantastic. I think you have been right in pointing out the city's history and how much Charlotte was embracing it. You know, being the first U.S. branch mint, uh, you know, mint branch of government that there is, you know, having the gold rush, uh, also mm-hmm. the state rock, seeing that color of granite implemented with the jersey. It's sick. And it's even getting some national praise. I know Michael Lee said, we have a winner, folks. I think we've got a winner. Everybody loves it. I love it. You love it, Nada. How happy are you to see that the Charlotte Hornets seem to have gotten this right? Dude, you have any idea? Like, literally, this is this is the stuff we want to talk about. Like, this, <laughs> I, w- I was prepared to wax poetically for three segments about this jersey. Because, quite honestly, they nailed it. They hit this one out of the park. They did something to involve the entire community. To, and this is something that I know I've been screaming about. I know our friend David Walker has been screaming about. Shout out to David. Yeah. yeah like, like a lot of this is just everything that the Hornets fans have been screaming about. And it showed that the Hornets can listen to their fans. For God's sakes, they listen <laughs> and they did this. And yet at the same time, we have the other stuff that's so depressing. And we've already spent two segments on it. So I'm not going to go back and talk about it. But at the same time, Walker, I'm seeing this and I'm like, oh, my God, these are fire. When can I buy the shorts? When can I get a jersey of it? And you know me, I'm not the biggest jersey person. But at the same time, I want the basketball shorts of these. I want again, I don't buy basketball jerseys. I'm considering buying one for this. This these are that fire. These are literally like I want them to become the statement of just edition jerseys. They're that good. Yeah, I want this to be a permanent ro- like staple in the rotation after uh, this year. They're oh yeah, good. they're they're awesome, Nada. I mean, there there's no doubt, and I, I'm I was happy to see them get this right. And just to you know clear up some of the city's history, so Rick. Rick Bennell writes, the Hornets say the uniform celebrates Charlotte's history as home of the first U.S. branch mint and the Carolina gold rush of the early 1800s. It includes granite colored accents, granite being the state rock of North Carolina. The mint colored uniform includes alternating gold and granite pinstripes on both the jersey and the shorts that are ridged like the edge of a coin. So, you know, Christian Audi of Fox 46, he uh, corrected me when I put that tweet out there. He said they're coin stripes, Walker, which honestly I kind of like better. It mm-hmm. sounds, it sounds or more coin awesome. Um, absolutely. And you know what? I think one of the criticisms that people had with the earlier Jersey reveal to see what was going to be a frequent part of the rotation, what basically their home and away jerseys were going to be. I think some of the criticisms were that people might've wanted to see the pinstripes extend all the way to the shorts. And that's what has happened here. That's what they've done with the city edition uniforms. The pinstripes actually do go all the way down to the shorts. The Hornet looks sweet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I love the way that the Hornet looks and the gold on top of that mint color and buzz city. Not, I know you've been a a fan of implementing buzz city. I'm with you. Like I, you know, I'm cool with a nickname, like whatever I'm cool with it. And I'm glad they put that across the chest. It's funny because, again, I've always been one of those that has said, 
okay, the Buzz City idea, Buzz City concept could only be one thing. And then the Charlotte Hornets and whomever designed this said, you know what? You're going to be very, very wrong. And I'm very, very wrong. And I'm very happy (laughs) that I am wrong because I was expecting with Buzz City, the typical black, the typical gray. And they blew my mind with this. This works. This fits. This, like, everything makes sense with this. This is the stuff that's like the comfort food for for the Charlotte Hornet fan. And when we start having these discussions about jerseys and what they should embody in terms of the city, this is it right here. They nailed this. I have a hard time thinking what they're going to do to top this next year. I have no idea. And I'm expecting it. Like, I'm honestly expecting a disappointment compared to next year because this is just it, that fire. I know. And they, they put, I, I mean, you know, kudos to them right after we just went in on the basketball operation side, we are not going to go in on the way that they revealed it. I thought it was a good call by the way that they mm-hmm. decided, Hey, they've, they've got a leak. We got to call an audible. Let's go ahead and put this out. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that they put this out there in the time that they did. Everybody loves it. I, I'm glad that they did that. Okay. That's enough good feelings. Nada, I'm sorry. I want to go back to Russell Westbrook and mention one other thing that I forgot. Why? Um, Why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to get all of this out, Nada. This is a therapy session for us. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. I have one other thing that I want to talk about and why this would be a bad move. Here's the thing Rick Bennell just actually released an article on the Charlotte Observer discussing some of the pros and the cons. You know, I, the, the pros are that you would have a star and he'd help you get to the playoffs possibly, right? Like that, we've already talked about it. Uh, one other thing that he mentions that I think is interesting and I completely agree with him that would be problematic. It's, it's the last two sentences that he has uh, on his piece. He says, would Russell Westbrook want to be in a rebuild, which is what the Hornets are doing right now. He's used to being on a playoff team with Oklahoma city and Houston. Does he want to be the centerpiece of a young team a long way from contention in the Eastern conference? And so what would happen is if Russell Westbrook comes to the Charlotte Hornets and then he decides he doesn't want to be here, then he could demand a trade for <laughs> a second time because he's getting out of Houston. And then at that point, you lose any leverage that you have. I don't even know what you would have anyway. Like, you don't have any leverage. Could you, if you get trade Russell Westbrook and then have him go for another really good year and then sell on Russell Westbrook after his really good year for some assets to a team that's really looking to compete and they're duped again by 33-year-old Russell Westbrook at that point or maybe at the middle of the season. I don't know. Like that that's what you could do. You could hire Russell Westbrook to be a part of this team, have a great half of the season uh, before the trade deadline and then deal them and then get some assets that way. That's the only way this makes sense. And we know that's not why they're trying to do it because of the reasoning we heard from Keith Smith. And just because of, you know, that would be a crazy risk anyway. Like you're, you're just, it's going to be tough. I'm sorry. That's the only point I wanted to make. No, um, no, no. Again, like, and it goes back to what you said there, like there, there is no leverage and this is literally just with the Hornets, this is the ex- have a bad contract on your books challenge. Before it was Nick Batum. Now it's Russell Westbrook. Like this is the idea is not to make the cap as just bad as possible so you can never improve. That's not the goal of this. This is not how this is supposed to go. And, and you know what? Like they're going to if they do this, like we're again, folks are going to have legitimate con- conversations about whether they're whether or not they're done with this team. And most will be done. And you know what? <laughs> that, that'll be what they'll be. They'll deserve, honestly. Um, all right. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. A happy, uh, at least a happy version of Lockdown Hornets for like what? 
three minutes. The jerseys three. look sweet, man. Yeah, hey, so. we know this. If Russell Westbrook's in a Hornets uniform and he puts that city edition uni on, then he's at least going to look really good, right? Like at least he's going to look good with the uniform. Thanks again to you guys, as always, for supporting the show. Again, make sure you check out the mock draft on Lockdown NBA, listening to all the local experts and some of the national NBA pundits comment on each of the first round picks that we've had in our mock draft. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.